Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. All right. Hi, Emisha. Hi, Molly. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you. And we have a very special and pretty guest in my Ooh, screen here. Have you seen the movie I Care A Lot? I haven't. I well, need to. You have to. For for those of you listening, if you have not seen I Care A Lot, it is crazy good. It is about a con woman who makes a living as a court-appointed guardian seizing the assets of the vulnerable elderly people only for her to get mixed up with a dangerous gangster. And who's in this amazing movie is a woman, fabulous, named Aza Gonzalez. And it sounds, and I'm going to let her say her name because it's really sexy. And it's Aza, Aza Gonzalez. Aza, how are you? I'm good. And you, Molly? <laughs> Can you just say your name for Emma Show? Because we were like prepping for this and we were saying that like literally anything that comes out of your mouth sounds sexy. It sounds beautiful. It sounds pretty. Uh-huh. It's like that makes Aza. me feel so much better. I appreciate that. It really is. I mean, honestly, I've given I've given up on my name. I think that it's <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, like make yeah, because you have a hard name too. You just gotta give up on it, especially because like there's so many intricacies with like vowels in Spanish versus English. So like in Spanish, E would be A. So technically, my name is Aisa. But people say Aza, so I always say it phonetically A-Z-A, so Aza in English. Whatever. It's whatever people want to make of it. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. You're amazing. For those of you who don't know her, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little resume for her. She is from Mexico City. She has 7 million followers. She's been in basically more movies in the past 10 years, Godzilla versus Kong, Baby Driver, Fast and Furious, and the one and only, which I'm obsessed with. I love a dark comedy like there's nobody's business. I care a lot. You're so good. You, I love your story. You really are like the it girl. Like I look at you and you're in your, you know, you're, you're very young. You're in your early, early thirties and you really do have it all. You have beauty, you have brains, you have a confidence. And I know that you haven't always had that confidence. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I want to kind of like bring it all back. And I know that we, Emisha and I, as the reason why you're on Lipstick on the Rim is we share a love of beauty. 
We love beauty. We love wellness. We love taking care of ourselves, and we know that it's not always easy. But I kind of want to take it back to, I want to take it back from Mexico to La La Land and tell everyone kind of how you got here. One little secret, we may have kissed the same person. Um, You'll have to listen to the podcast to find out who that person we may have kissed. He's hot. He's about 6'3", 6'4", good looking, kind of scruffy, great build, great kisser actually. (laughs) But you have to stay tuned and listen to the entire episode and then I will give my little secret away. But I am so happy. Emisha and I are so happy that you're here. I know a lot about your journey, but will you kind of take it back when you were a girl living in Mexico, you had Latin representation, which by the way, your manager, Nicole, we have the same manager, said your mom is like one of the best humans ever. And I love that. So sweet. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for your lovely words. It's it's very inspiring when I meet other women that that really recognize the struggle and the journey of other women because I think that I don't like to be gender specific, but it is really hard to be a woman. And it's very hard to be a woman in this business and to make your own mark, to allow people to see you in a different way. It takes a lot of, it's a lot of effort. And I really, I'm all about empowering other women's journeys and voices and really pushing through because I think we're stronger together. And, you know, it has been really hard and I've been so lucky. Funny enough that you mentioned Nicole, who's clearly a wonderful woman. I admire her. She's a multifaceted woman. You know, she's a mother, she's a manager. She's kind of a mother to me. She's a mother to every of her artists. Um, She's producing, she's creating same as you and same uh, both of you, you know, we all have so many responsibilities and it's been a hard journey, obviously, because you know, I grew up in a country in Mexico, in Mexico, and I grew up in Mexico City in the 90s, when there was not like, it was not really a lot of people crossing over, you know, we had Selma Hayek, and that was about it. There was Latin X representation, you know, we had our JLo's and stuff, but it, it always sort of felt for me as an immigrant now, that in order to make it in the US, I had to be some sort of Mexican American or something American to make it in the US. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of women that were from somewhere else, born and raised in another place that were making it in the US. And, you know, especially in Hollywood, we, Spain had Penelope and we had Selma. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine like when you are a young girl and you're seeing that screen and there's just one out of millions of people that could be you. I think that if you think about it that way, you realize how unrealistic the thought of Hollywood felt for me. And I think it feels for a lot of Latinos and God bless things are changing and the world is changing slowly, but surely. And it wasn't a real, it wasn't a real thing. And so the journey has been bananas because you know, it was some part of it was faith. Some part of it was fate. And some of part of that was, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of tears in the way. And it's really exciting to be today here with you and discussing these subjects because I feel like as women, we have the responsibility to share our stories. I feel way more inspired when I hear people struggle than successes. Mm -hmm. I identify myself. There's something that we all identify within each other and we can connect with, which is fear, fear of of loss, fear of not succeeding, fear of not being the version that people expect of you. There's so much fear within us. And success, you know, I I really always make sure that in my interviews and the things that I want to make, I remember, and I don't know for you girls, I was very interested to hear your thoughts, but I remember when I was really young and I read the interviews on magazines, right? And I would read the log line and it was like, in a world full of success with this coming up and that coming up and the best, blah, blah, blah. And already there, I was like, I wasn't connecting with the artist because these are also real things that I just couldn't fathom that could happen to me. But I always make sure to the magazines, right? If I'm talking to you, is like, I want you to talk about all my failures first and foremost, mm. because then girls are going to be like, oh, I can fail. Fail is okay. Failing and falling is okay. I can fail and I can still get there. I can fail and I can still succeed. Want big, beautiful, effortless waves just in time for back to school? The Conair Double Ceramic Waver is designed with not just one, but three barrels for deep, continuous waves. Plus, the double ceramic technology provides even and consistent heat, fast styling, and long-lasting waves. With instant heat up, 30 heat settings for every hair type, and turbo heat booster for those difficult-to-style spots— It's easy to get the waves you crave. The wide range of heat options let you customize styling for flawless results so you can be back to school beautiful. With full flowing waves, now so quick and easy to create at home, you'll always be selfie ready on campus and off. Skip the salon and save time. Big, beautiful waves at home. No salon appointment needed. What's not to love? Get your waiver delivered to your door just in time for back to school. Ordering this back to school essential for beautiful bombshell waves is easy. To order, just go to conair.com and search waiver. Do you feel that even at an early young age, when did you start to notice like that pressure? Did it happen automatically? Was it from the beginning of like, I have to look a certain way. I have to be a certain way. Like you said, you really only had a Selma, Mexico, a Penelope, Spain. Did you feel a certain pressure right away to look a certain part? to get in that already that box? Absolutely. I, I, I immediately, I started really young, which I think is a very dangerous thing that could happen to kids because this is the thing, right? And I've, I've shared it before is my desire to be an actress at the time, this being me at 12 years old. I mean, I'm, I'm a baby. I'm a kid. I'm a child. Now that I look back at it, I'm a 31 year old woman. I was a child. I thought I was more mature because I was dealing with the death of my father and I was really trying to move forward. So, you know, when adversity comes your way, you really come on the other side. Um, you, you earn a lot of things, which is maturity and you grow faster than other people. And that kind of had happened to me. And in my mind, I was, I was an adult, but I wasn't, I was a child and I wasn't ready for it. But back in the day, my, my decision for being in the arts was pure love for the arts. It was innocent. It was pure. And what I encountered at a very young age was this whole other side of the business that I was just not mentally ready and prepared, which was expectations. Don't you think that when you start, even though you're, you're 12, like the arts become a business. 
Does yeah. that make sense? Like it's a business. you and, start, and you don't realize this. you don't realize it, right? Yeah, because you're a child, right? And you're like, I remember the reason why I wanted to be an actress is because I started musical theater, and it was the first time I felt alive in the last three years of my life when I was depressed and going through a lot of pain from losing a father. So it was that moment of joy, of dopamine, of, of serotonin that had taken over me. And I just knew that this was my lifeline. So I was like, if I do this, I will survive this pain. And that's why I like gravitated towards the art because I find myself, I, I was very shy. I was very insecure as a younger. I was very different in high school and middle school. I was into really weird things. I liked anime. I like, I was more of an artistic kid and I was in a very, you know, down the line school, all about education. And I just never really connected with people. So when I started in the arts, it was brutal because I was a normal child. I was lucky enough to grow up. I always joke about it nowadays. I like grew up as a normal nineties kid with, which like a 13 year old in the nineties versus a 13 year old today is like (laughs) day and night. I was like, chubby and normal and like didn't know what makeup was and didn't do my hair and never in my life have I've heard about lifting a weight I was just a normal kid like rolling around with possibly a unibrow like I just <laughs> didn't have any, yeah like I just didn't have any sense and I was kind of a, a tomboy growing up um I have a brother who's older than me 12 years older than me so you got to think by the time I was 13 14 years in his 20s so I wanted to be as cool as him so I wanted to be a like a boy the whole time. So by the time I hit the industry, which was overnight, which um, some people in Mexico know, but in in the world, they don't know. I became an an overnight, what they would call an overnight success. I hate the term, but I booked a humongous show and became a teen pop idol in a really young age. And I went from complete privacy and being completely unknown to not being able to go out. I mean, that must have been so, and again, I know nothing is overnight per se, but that must have been such an overwhelming feeling as a young teen in a foreign country, in the country that you're from. But at the same time, like you were a nobody and now all of a sudden every person in the world in your country knows your name. And how old were you? I was turning, I started at 14. I was turning 15. Wow. I was really young. And and again, I was like a 90s, 15 year old. So it was a lot. It was a lot because I was in the stereotype of beauty. I was, you know, my mom, even though she was a model, weirdly enough, people would, I think people thought that because she was in the fashion industry, she would bully me into like losing weight. I was, you know, going through an eating disorder at the time. I was binge eating because I was dealing with depression. So I was binge eating. So I was chubby. I was like gaining weight. And yeah, and my mother never put pressure on me, which was a blessing. And it was a blessing. But sometimes, you know, I was like, I remember through my teenage years kind of hating on her because I was like, I wish you would have pushed me to be prettier or get on a diet because I would have avoided all this hate and this mean bullying. And, and it was just so confusing because there I am, I blow up, I'm a public person. And now I don't hit the standard of what people expected mm-hmm. me to be. And I was casted exactly because of that. I think that the, the director and the producer wanted a girl that felt normal and relatable and 
just like your best friend in high school or middle school that wasn't like that girl. But then I immediately, you're a girl, you want to be girly, you want to be liked, you want people to think that you're pretty. And I remember just dwelling with that because I had no sense of fashion, zero sense of fashion, even though my mom was in the industry. I just didn't know how to dress my body. I didn't know how to do my makeup. I didn't know what was suiting for me. And you got bullied for 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 everything. You got bullied that badly. Everything. For everything. And you know what? And and I think that slowly it's changing because luckily we're living in an era and I'm so grateful for younger generations. I'm so grateful for, for someone that went through it is that things have changed. Press can't be that aggressive. People have mm-hmm. to respect other people's bodies. But when I was up there, people could say whatever they wanted about me mm. and they could write anything on the papers. And I think that people kept on forgetting that I was a child yeah, and yeah. it turned into this thing where I had came in with such a pure intention. And it was so traumatizing because I was like coming in with a, like, she's not pretty enough. She's fat. She's, uh, she's not the standard of beauty. She's not talented enough. She's doesn't have experience. And I didn't, I was green. I was like, I, I had a lot of passion, but I didn't have experience. I had been singing for five, six years, but I never sang professionally. I had been, you know, acting for two and a half years. I didn't have like a small show and a small role here and there. I just went from never working to that. To that. So I had That's to crazy. nail it. It's literally you became the Justin Bieber of Mexico. And that is, that's overwhelming. Last week, you guys heard me talking about Canopy, the chic, sleek, and easy-to-use humidifier that we all have in our rooms. And I got so many questions from all of you. Yes, it keeps my skin hydrated, and yes, it helps all of my products sink into my skin. And I meant it when I said this humidifier does not produce mold. Canopy utilizes a unique technology that keeps the humidifier running until there is no water left inside the unit. No water left inside equals no mold. The canopy humidifier is completely reimagined and provides clean, mist-free moisture to enhance your indoor environment to promote overall wellness and the glowing skin we're always trying to achieve. It is recommended by leading dermatologists. Canopy humidifier elevates your home for the ultimate in skincare and wellness benefits. If you guys didn't hear me last week, Canopy got it right because it goes straight into the dishwasher. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy humidifier purchased today with Canopy's filter subscription. Plus, you'll receive a free aroma kit to be used with Canopy's built-in aroma diffuser. Even better, use Lipstick 10 at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. You'll literally be able to tell people that you woke up just like this. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy humidifier Purchase today with Canopy's filter subscription. Use Lipstick 10 at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hey guys, it's me, Christelle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon.
if you were to give yourself advice now, you're 31, and if you could go back and give your 15-year-old self advice, what would you say? Because a lot of moms listen to this podcast, and I love that you have this relationship with your mom. And like my mom and Emish's mom, like she never, my mom modeled a little bit. She was always thin. She was always beautiful. She could eat an entire jar of peanut butter and lose five pounds. I would eat a tablespoon and gain five pounds. But she never, ever put the pressure on me. And I wish she would have. I wish she would have said, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. We can do this. But she didn't. She let me, she didn't want to put any more pressure on me. And she wanted me to be me. And Mm -hmm. coming from college and eating pizza and chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, and then moving to Europe and modeling, it's like, again, it wasn't in the same way as like an overnight, but it felt like that to me. So if you gave advice to that girl, to the little Aza Gonzalez, what advice would you give her or a mom? I think that when I look back, I would say, don't be embarrassed of your journey because every stage of our lives define who we are. And I think that there's this social illness where we, we have been taught to be embarrassed of struggling and you always want to show, I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. We, we always have that mentality. And I think at that time, I just wanted to have it all together. I wanted to be that perfect version everyone wanted me to be. I wanted to be perfect for everyone. I want to be liked by everyone. Because at that age, you're also like social anxieties through the roof. You want to be cool. You want boys to like you. You're like a weird thing. And At the time, you know, I felt embarrassed that I was dealing with binge eating. And then I was embarrassed that I wasn't pretty enough. And then, you know, I let the pressure of society cave in me. And then like, I struggled with anorexia. And then I struggled with, like, I just struggled, 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 struggled. And then I was really, really thin. And then I was binge eating. It was just like all these, and and I just felt embarrassed. And I always wanted to like hide that. And now I'm just like, all those things is what has made me today. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel embarrassed that publicly I got drilled on, drilled on, and I caved because so, I'm human. So what okay was the turning cave. point for you? Yeah, what was, what was the turning, turning point? point for you that, that made you sort of, you know, because a lot of people I think probably would have retreated, right? I mean, if you're drilled on like that, the the natural human instinct in most people would be to sort of retreat and kind of hide. But obviously, you know, you've, you've, you've come out of this stronger and confident and, and you've lessons learned. And like you said, you know, you're learning from every stage of your life. So what was that turning point for you where you pivoted? I think that there was a point in my life that I realized there was nothing I could actually do to make people sort of satisfied. Right. And it was really funny. It all, mm-hmm. And it was when I moved to... California. And is when I started working. I remember then I went through like a ugly, like a black swan situation where I like started getting prettier. And then people started saying that I had gotten all this plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was always very transparent. I, I always said, yes, I got a nose job and I, I had to do it. And I don't think there's something wrong with it. Like, there is nothing. There is nothing wrong with that. There is no. absolutely. It's demonized. You know, I think exactly. that also, I mean, I think that extremes are, are, are dangerous. I think that being like 
this didn't make me feel comfortable. Like I have friends, like my boobs, I don't feel comfortable with, or like women go through a lot. Like it's easy to sit there and judge, but like women bring children to life. You breastfeed, you like go through puberty, you go through hormones, you go through your period, like your body changes. Like it's normal. We age the whole, like men are like fine wine exists. It's all these social pressures. And I was always like, it, I always felt like there was not enough honesty that was good enough for people. Like I was like, transparent about it. I was like, I got a nose job. And like, I remember saying it, like, I feel so much better about myself. And I honestly did it for health issues, but I always felt like it would be lame to say like, I'm doing it for health issues because I felt like people use that as I'm excusing myself. So I was like, I'm going to own whatever I decide because it's my body. And then it was like, she did all this more. And it was like, there's never. Well, I also think, you know, you're in a time where it's like you said that there is, there is an excess of plastic surgery, that people are taking it to a whole nother level, whether it be boobs, face, lips, legs, knees. I mean, it's it's crazy what people are doing right now in terms of plastic surgery. Yeah. I love that you owned it. I love that you love beauty and wellness and you speak about body confidence. But what I find crazy is that you felt like this black swan But then in Hollywood, because you blossomed, you were automatically put into a box because of your looks. Isn't it crazy how it comes, becomes full circle? I remember as a model, I just, I just wanted to be taken seriously. I wasn't going to wear makeup. I wasn't going to wear heels. I wasn't going to wear anything that I would stand out. I just, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I just wanted someone to take me serious. And I know you've had that as well, being, you know, you are now a bombshell. How did you, A, feel about it, but how did you also overcome that? Well, I think that it's something that I struggle with every day in my career. And as you guys know, because you're both women that have forged a career for you and you yourself, like you've built it for you. No one's gifted it. It takes a lot of extra work because exactly what you said is the funny thing. And then I come to the US, I move to Hollywood and I start working here, right? And in my mind, I'm deemed like not pretty enough, right? Because this has been repeated over and over and over now 10 years. So I'm like, I don't consider myself attractive at all or anything. Like I just feel even vapid talking about it. But then I start working and I book a show here and I do a very famous show with Robert Rodriguez, which is kind of the same role that broke Salma Hayek called from Dust Till Dawn. And it's like a super hot stripper on a vampire show. And I mean, everything about that sounds, I mean, she's like not to be taken serious. Like, But for those of you who don't know, Roberto Rodriguez is one of the best directors out there. So yes, of course, maybe it doesn't sound, but in the industry, like a huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, for, for my first role, you know, I was just so excited. And I remember when he booked me and I was like, I don't, I think you're confused. <laughs> like, have you seen Salma Hayek? Like, have you seen me? You're, I think you're on some kind of drugs. And he's like, no. And it's funny because it's really cool to see how directors have vision. And it comes back to, I care a lot too. And I, I'm so grateful that through my career, I found people that have become 
my my angels in, in that sense that have saved me from myself because at the end of the day, I'm in this noise inside here, right? Which is like how I feel attacked and everything feels personal to me. But then there's people that out there that have no idea of this, right? Which is Robert Rodriguez. I was like, I don't care what happened in life 2001. <laughs> this is 2013. Like, let's move on. And he's like, you're going to be this. And I was like, I remember I was blonde. I was bleach blonde. And I was so skinny. I was like insanely skinny, had no curves. And he was like, you can transform for a role. You can do this. I believe in you. I, you have it. I can see it in you. And I did it. And then I was so proud of myself because I had never seen myself. I've gone through at this point, 10 years of being a child star. But isn't it, it, isn't it interesting? Like at that moment, that one director, that one person had the vision, but also had the confidence to get you there, to make you believe it. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's a teamwork. You know, no one makes it to the top by themselves. It takes a lot of people in the way. It's a teamwork. And it was a mental challenge to me because then I had been publicly a child for 10 years and then boom, I'm from dusk till dawn dancing with that snake <laughs> in that scene, feeding the guy with my foot tequila. So and people were like, whoa, who is this bombshell? So now I go into the latter side of my career, which is I'm a bombshell. Next up is Baby Driver and I'm playing this like super confident woman because it was part of the role. You know, the character is a woman who's a criminal, who's rolling with the hardest guys in the streets. So she has to have a lot of confidence. And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes tagged to a Mexican Latin woman and not Mexican, just a Latin woman, which is sex, mm-hmm. a bombshell. She'll steal your husband. Like I, <laughs> I, there's all these, am I right? Like there's, it's, true, it's, it's, true. it's been portrayed on the screen. It's like, you are living your like, own life as a tele. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we're slowly changing that, but it's like bombshell, hide your husbands, hide your, hide your wives. And then it's like the help. And it's terrible. It's just all these like archaic stereotypes that make no sense. And it blows my mind sometimes that like people in the industry who have education, who have culture, who have world, they're worldly that still believe and think these ways. And so now I'm in these two projects and now I'm going through a career trying to take away the stereotype of me being a bombshell, being too pretty. So now I'm sitting with Nicole being like, why can no, not one director take me seriously the way and then it if i find it you know quite contradictory because and and this is something delicate to talk but i feel like with other women you know i've seen in big movies um where they're bombshells then they're given opportunity to be like i can be the indie darling and then they're like naked in other films you know i i felt like i was seeing a lot of white women going through that but i couldn't come out of the box It was like, no, you are in that box. You stay in that box, but she can be multifaceted. And I was like, I can be multifaceted too. You got to give me a shot. shot. You got to give me a chance. I know it's crazy how you get put in that box over there. And now you're in the bombshell box, but you can't be, you can't be the indie girl. You can't be the cool girl. You can't be the naked girl, the heroin girl. You can't because you're in that box. Because you're too pretty. You're too hot. And I'm like, but Margot Robbie's the hottest woman on earth. I'm so confused. 
I, I, I'm so confused. Like, I wish I could wake up one day and look as beautiful as she does with no makeup. And yet they can go from one and I can't. And that's where, you know, it gets controversial because there is a thing where I do think that minorities just don't get, you know, we don't get enough shots and we don't get opportunities. And do you think, do you think it's boxes. starting to change? I think it is because we're restless. I think that there's mm-hmm. no way that you can't hear us and and we're going to raise our voice until you hear us. And I'm one of those and I'm a stubborn person. And I'm like, listen, I've not been in this industry for more time than I have not than to cave. You know, I think that the way that they look at certain people who are both beautiful and talented and multifaceted and have all the their triple threats and they can do all that. We can do that, too. I'm not trying to take away from that, but we can do that, too. Just give us a shot. And a lot of the times, girls, it becomes like begging. I, I talk about with my team is like, I don't go for roles. I fight for roles. I like leave my heart on the battleground. It's just, I I have to go in and brainwash everyone, try to convince them why I'm good for this. All these pointers that come before even my talent. Like I have to let them see like, me with no makeup. And then I remember being like, I'm going to cut all my hair out <laughs> because I just don't ever keep on wanting me to long Latina and this thing. And I cut all my hair off. And like, I remember thinking Jennifer Lawrence did that. And da, 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 so I have to do it. And like, it's just, you become so, it becomes you become so crazy. You become crazy. Ever wake up wishing you could just go to work in your comfy pants? Now you can with Beta Brands Dress Pant Yoga Pants, stylish and polished, but with the comfort of your favorite loungewear. I have been a fan of this company for a few years now, and they are truly life-changing. I'm running around all day with the kids at work. I just want to be comfortable. Beta Brands Dress Pant Yoga Pants are designed with the fit and flexibility of yoga pants, but they look like professional dress pants, so you always look chic and put together. There are tons of different styles to choose from, straight leg, skinny, cropped, bootleg, and more, and colors from classic black to fun prints, and they even come in denim styles. I have a skinny leg classic in black, and they are extremely flattering. Right now, our listeners can get 30% off their beta brand orders when you go to betabrand.com slash lipstick. That's B-E-T-A. B-R-A-N-D.com slash lipstick for 30% off your order for a limited time. And when you use our special URL, you're supporting our show too. Find out why women are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brands dress pant yoga pants. Go to betabrand.com slash lipstick for 30% off. I had an audition the other day back in September and I ended up screen testing like five times. I put oil in my hair oil and I like would touch my skin right before we went on to make myself red, to make myself like not olivey and glowy. Like I put like a little bit of like oil, like serum on my thing just to make me look sweaty and a little dirty. I was playing this bipolar woman just for them to be able to try to see something different, get past my looks to show that I could, I could do this role. I could be this girl. I could be this woman. And that has nothing to do with your acting. And that's the thing, because then it becomes, oh, poor you, you're too pretty. Mm, it's Aww. hard to be you. And you don't want to be that person either, because you're like, it, it, everyone goes through different struggles. And it's not that, I, I've been in both ends of it. I've been in both ends of it. And that's where, we, as a human, and I think as a public person, you have to do a lot of inner work. Mm-hmm. Because you have to kind of go in 
Because if you let all this like outer noise kind of bleed into you, everything becomes very blurry. You know, even getting caught up in the conversation is like looking back to like the 31 years of my life. I'm like, all I can see is just, I'm never going to satisfy everyone. So who is the most important person to satisfy me? Period. That's exactly what I have to do. And, and I mean that in, in the way of like my richness, my soul, my heart. And I think that when I focus on that, then I do a better job for people out there. Because ultimately, the reason when I think that everything really changed for me and goes back to your question is when I realize I have to get over my issues, like not thinking about myself anymore. And I think that I was so lucky that I started in this business when it wasn't as easy, right? So I moved in here like early 2010s. So there was no opportunities. If I told you the amount of auditions that I had that time to what's the girls coming Mm -hmm. in in this generation are having is like day and night. And the same, I think of Salma when she was here. That's why I admire her so much. She like made it when there was no paved ground for her. She was single-handedly opening it for herself. And so when I think it changes because I started thinking of being of service to others and becoming a voice for people that have no voice. And that's my culture. That's my people. In my culture, there's people that look completely different. There are people that are native Mexicans, indigenous people with different features. And then there's blonde, blue-eyed Mexicans. And then there's brunettes. And then there's a library of different people. So I was like, I can't cater to everyone, right? So I can just try and focus to open doors for other people. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick myself up. And from the hundred times that people say that I'm not right and I'm not a mom show, I'm going to prove them wrong. And I'm not going to win them all, but I'm going to try a lot of these times. And I got to, and that's what motivates me because if I basically focused on only focusing on ourselves, then I think I would have I would have thrown the towel a long time ago. I think I would have not made it because when I think that I find being of service to more people and having a greater impact, it's when I want to, I want my culture to feel seen, heard. So that's where I started focusing on looking for roles that would allow that. Mm-hmm. And I stopped thinking about the carcass and I started thinking about being a vessel and so when I care law came around and Godzilla and these roles, right, no matter the, the, the size of them, there were big opportunities to portray a contemporary Mexican woman for me. It was important because I was not playing a bombshell. It was important because I wasn't playing into stereotypes. I wasn't like going on. And you finally like, ah! got that role and you weren't playing I was a like- Latina. Yeah, I was, I was doing, you know, roles that felt universal. And roles that felt like I always wanted to see. Maybe it's not for everyone, but I'm doing what I felt like the little Aza would have wished she would have seen to feel inspired to move forward. And if I move one person towards their dream, that's all that matters to me. And all these struggles is what keeps me afloat because I was there once. And so I just feel very inspired by the movement that is happening. I am grateful for studios like Netflix who have a vision, who have an international range. The fact that technology's changed so much and now shows in Spain are the biggest shows on the world or shows from Latin America are the biggest shows on the world or from 
Romania, like that allows people to be seen. We're a culture of so many different colors and ethnicities. And when I get close to roles that allow me to portray something different, whether I get to do them or not, I feel very inspired because I feel like if it's not me, it's going to be another of my peers and it's going to happen. And we're creating a movement and then we're, we're being heard. We're being, you know, this is going to be a huge year for the Latin community. We have Latin representation all around the globe, whether that is on film, on TV, on music, and it's moving, it's changing. It's moving. I mean, you know, as you all know, Roma almost won the Oscar. And you look at what Netflix did and and brought a little Latino Mexican film to almost an Oscar. I mean, it was that that run was. She was nominated, and the incredible woman was nominated and you know it's 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 moving forward i think it's actually a great point you made is is i feel like netflix and really plugging stuber over here but it really is like a it's made entertainment so global like i actually think to myself in the last year i've watched television shows from spain france Israel. I've watched multiple shows from Israel, multiple shows. I mean, the UK, I watch television shows from constantly. And those are all shows that I never would have watched. So it's actually opened up, you know, I would think the average American's eyes to so much more. I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched, you know, a regular traditional TV show because I actually love seeing different cultures and watching their shows like Money Heist. I was obsessed with and it was you know, it was one of those shows where it was, you know, I don't even mind reading the subtitles. Like I I I have zero issues with it. That is beautiful. The fact that people are listening to other people's language, like the fact that I can speak my language in a movie and not have to worry about having to translate for people because people care. People will watch the whole season of Narcos without you know, understanding the language, but connecting. They, las chicas de cable. Emisha um, and I, we became obsessed with an Israeli TV show named Fauda. Have you heard about Fauda? It's yeah. incredible. Okay. I, I cannot wait for season four. Should be out soon. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, and, and this is the thing. It's when you have studios that care about international value and to cater to everyone on planet earth no everyone else has the obligation to follow through and i'm grateful that studios like that have become so big because everyone had to follow so now we're in a world with like i mean girls i can't explain i'm going through like the journey that it's been from like not getting an audition probably i remember my first year in la the first year that i was uh doing from dust on i got one audition in a whole year the fact that I've gone from one audition and it was for a Latin role to now getting incoming calls to produce, to create, to bring Latin extra. That's your journey, boo. That's your journey. It's a journey. And I feel more inspired it's amazing. Than ever. And I am in a place where like, I'm glad that I went through the pains that I went. I'm glad that I like experienced because I'm, I am who I am today. Thanks yeah. to that. And I'm prepared for what's next. So like, Quarantine was great for me for that reason, because now I focused and, and was waiting, you know, I was waiting, remember, hoping one will hit. I've done 14, 15, 16 movies, one will hit. And the moment that one hits, I'm going to use that power to be like, okay, you see my value. I'm going to have 
all these other projects. Let's get them going. Let me produce. There's these incredible Mexican writers. Let's bring them in. There's this. I just was waiting patiently. And the moment that, you know, the Baby Driver brought a lot of momentum. A lot of other projects brought momentum. But the moment that I care a lot exploded. Change, it's it's unbelievable it, how much it changed your world. It changed my life. And I think that I also, it changed because all the hard work, you know, I, I remember hearing an Oscar, an Oscar Isaac interview that they're like, how does it feel to be an overnight success? He's like, I've been working for 15 years <laughs> of my life. Yeah. And that I think overnight that success people, started like, when I was 12. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's what they're like, how does it feel this? <laughs> You're like, I've been working since I was 12, but great. We would not be lipstick on the rim if we didn't talk a little bit about beauty. You are an it girl. We know that you have workouts, you take care of yourself just a little bit about because we're all about confidence and everyone wants to know how they could maybe look like you. What kind of, what is your go-to workout? I think, um, well, it's been a journey for me. It's taken a minute because as I told you, I mean, I'm all over the place with <laughs> my schedule and my times and I need to work out for my mental stability. I, it's the mm. number one reason why I do it because I, if I don't create a discipline in my life, I have a tendency of like going off the rails. I start <laughs> binge eating when I get really nervous. I binge eat. I, I fluctuate with my weight a lot. Um, especially I'm sure you guys know now that I'm like 30 change, if things changed, things changed. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't, I used to diet a week, two weeks, three weeks, I was back in like a great way. Now it's like, it's a whole journey. Everything changes. Like I really, I think it's important to say that too, because, you know, people see you in the cover of like shape magazine and this and that. And you're like, and that's a lot of work, but what do you do? What do you do to work out? I found that Pilates is the only thing that really gets me snatched. I like that I word snatched gets me Pilates. I, I love that like, word snatched. snatched. I just started I back with Pilates because I'm trying to get, I more need to snatched. get snatched because I got that Latin booty, Latin you know, I booty. got that Mexican thighs and you know, I struggle. I've talked about it before. I struggle with cellulite a lot and I like, it's genetic. I just have it and I have a lot of it. So does anything, I, I does anything it, help with that? Like in terms of working out or creams or Pilates? Uh, Pilates, when I, I cut dairy out of my diet, it gets better. Okay. When I cut sugar, most of it, it gets better. I try to just, you know, own it. Like at this point, it's just, it's a battle with my body. It's like, I can't fight it. It's there. It's going to exist. In terms of beauty, what do you, in terms of like your skincare, do you put a lot of effort into it? Is it something that... I know you, you're beautiful, but does it take a lot of work to get your skin clear? Because you always have to kind of be per se camera ready. I, again, I've gone through a weird journey before I didn't used to break out. Now I'm breaking out. <laughs> uh, I've got like adult acne, I guess. I had it. See it there. It's fun. There. It's really fun. Yeah. On. It's great. And then I had yeah, to go, I literally set. had to go in Accutane in my early 30s. It was so bad. Yeah. Really? I like cystic Do you acne. Feel it made a difference. Oh yeah. 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 I would not that's... have it all over my face. I would just have like one massive volcano that I would hurt so bad. And by the time it went away, another one would appear. It's uh Yeah, I, I started struggling with with breakouts like a few years ago. 
And I think it was like the amount of makeup and then sitting on set, you're like with the lights and sweating and running. I just finished this movie with Michael Bay and, you know, we were sweating a lot, we were running a lot. And I remember breaking out like crazy because we had to wear the masks because of COVID. So I would like run and makeup and then have to put the mask. And I started oh, everyone getting that mask acne. And I was so stressed out because you're in IHD cameras and I was, I mean, I would cry. I was like, my skin is terrible. It's something that it's, it, it really breaks you mentally. And it's so dumb at the end of the day, but it really like gets you. And I found this incredible facialist, Vanessa Hernandez. She really helped me, but actually Nicole pointed, pointed me to her and she actually goes to see her as well. She works with me. Apparently, she's. Cr- I, I still have to go to Vanessa Hernandez. Vanessa, if you're listening to this podcast, can you please get yeah, me into Molly. Ashley or Aza? She's great. She really helped me. And you know what? I started learning that less is more. I started using more natural products. So I stopped doing such aggressive stuff on my mm-hmm. on my skin. No parabens. I would go to Blue Mercury or go to brands that have all clean stuff. And that really started helping. And I realized the less I think about my skin is when it's the best. And the more that I'm in front of a mirror looking at it is when it's the worst, which is when I'm working. All right. Well, before we leave, before we leave, we always do a little rapid fire. You can't overthink it. You just have to answer. What are you reading? I am reading Animal by the author of Three Women. And it's so good. By the way, I'm reading it as well. It's phenomenal. So good. What's your must-have beauty product? My must-have beauty product is definitely anything SkinCeuticals. I really like SkinCeuticals. CNE, the ferulic acid, you cannot beat it. What's your go-to cocktail? Oh, I'm my nutritionist hates me for this, but like a spicy margarita. She's like, you're you can't have spicy margaritas anymore. You're (laughs) thirty. There's too much sugar in them, but I love them. Have it skinny. I know. Do the skinny version. It's I not like, as fun. You could fun. do you could do the Molly version. It's a it's Paloma. It's not as fun. It really is not as fun. You could do the Molly and Emisha. It's called a Paloma. It's a little bit of tequila, soda, a lot of lime, and a splash of grapefruit juice. Oh, I'm gonna start doing that. I'm it's, I'm gonna definitely try it. It's really and good. you can no buy agave. the um, jalapeno tequila now. That's like oh, jalapeno really? infused. Yeah. Woo! That sounds like my jam for sure. Favorite there indulgence. Oh, well, <laughs> um, chocolate, definitely anything chocolatey. I love brownies, brownies, maybe, mm-hmm. or carrot okay. cake also Do- one of my biggest things. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, people that walk in front of other people when you're, <laughs> it bothers me so much. Yeah, it kills me. I'm like, get some manners, God damn it. What's the one thing you always, you repeat? Aza always says this. What's the one thing that Aza always says? If it's not today, it's tomorrow. If it's not today, like it's that. tomorrow. I like that. You've got a journey. You've had a journey and you're incredible, Aza. I mean it. And you guys, she is phenomenal on every level. Check her out on Instagram at Aza Gonzalez. She has 7 million followers. You can follow her in acting. She's producing. You really are the 360. And I know it hasn't been overnight. And I applaud you. I think you're amazing. I love what you represent. I love, you know, Emisha, we have six girls, but I mean, we have six children between us, four girls. She has three girls and I have a girl and I I, three girls. 
I um wow. I love Inspiring. the content that you put out there. I love the positivity and I love that you have learned to accept who you are um at different and I think times. at 31. I mean so hats lot. off to you. Like hats at 31, off. I didn't have my shit figured out the way that you do. And I think that you're inspiring to so many women who at 31 are just scratching the surface. So I applaud you for really being so strong, being so confident and and owning your struggle and owning your failures. If I have a, something that I take away from this conversation, it is that. I think so many of us, what, like what you just said before, we talk about how great everything is and our successes, but it's our failures that bring us to those successes. So I really, I love that about you. And I love you shouting that. And you remember those failures because the failures, it's weird. It's weird. You sometimes can remember more the failures than you can the successes, you know? Absolutely. I remember reading this thing by Reese where she just came on the cover of time and she talked about her struggle and like, I don't remember how many times she's been nominated, but I remember how hard it was for her and how she had to pave her way. And I'm glad that that you remember that. And then you say that own your struggles, own your, your battles, your battle wounds defined you and they define you to be the best version of yourself and be kind to yourself. It's okay. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to, to not have the perfect response or the perfect answer at the time. It's all about growth and learning and being open to learn. And so, it also humbles you. It's yeah. I like you're that so too. humble. Where can people see you next? What's next? What's coming out? Well, I'm having ambulance come out um, pretty soon with Michael Bay. It's a fun movie with Yaya Abdul Matinee and, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Spirit Untamed is out now. I know that your girls like horse. Yes, we do. And we've watched it four (laughs) times already. I know. I said, I'm like, I'm going to get to meet the voice. She was like, wait, what? Spirit. Anyway, it's Uh it's great. She loves it. And yes, I cannot wait for Ambulance. It's going to be good. My husband was like, it's going to be absolutely huge. Um, You're awesome. Yes. And thank you so much for your time, ladies. I mean, I'm so grateful for women like you. Keep doing what you're doing. It's so inspiring. I love to see other women blossom and support other women. So I'm always here, always so happy to join you. And thank you for for inviting me. This has been really fun. Thanks, Aza. I really, we really appreciate you doing this and taking the time. I know it's crazy busy and it's a lot, but for the women and men and, and people who are going to be listening, it, it really means a lot to hear your words and the advice that you've given. And just to see that there is a struggle and it's not easy. And yeah. I just, we really appreciate everything. I'm so happy. And I hope that fucking soon I can get to meet you girls. This is so- <laughs> We will, we will, uh-huh. we will. I forgot to say that we might have kissed Josh Jamel. Not at the same time. <laughs> oh my but- God. That's we might have kissed Justin Mel, but I'm not I'm not gonna say that out loud. I'm just saying that like I was on a show called Vegas. That's right. And I might have kissed him for about four years or five, like two or three times a week on a Friday night on NBC. All right, we gotta go, but you're awesome. Thank you so much. Bye, ladies. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We're so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. 
A little shout out to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never, ever miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emma Shagormali. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. 